Hey, before we get started, you know what this music means. That's right, kids. We have a new patron. The one and only Ralph from AskRalphPodcast.com. If you need any kind of taxing or if you're working with a small business, if you are a small business, check out the Ask Ralph Podcast. Uh, you guessed it, AskRalphPodcast.com. So, and later, we'll see, because now Ralph is on the, the wheel of names, and we will see if Ralph is selected randomly from the wheel of names. But, Ralph, thank you so much for uh, being an awesome supporter. You can be an awesome supporter by going over to AskThePodcastCoach.com slash support. So with that... Let me hit a couple buttons on the roadcaster. Ask the podcast coach for January 20th, 2024. Let's get ready to podcast. I had to think about it. See, you, you change your uh, the intro, everything goes out the window. It's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there, he's going the distance. He's going for speed. That's the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. And uh, Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Always good to be back with you. We've had two weekends with negative, like it's negative 15 right now, and it was negative 20 last weekend. Yeah. Hopefully this is it for the year. But welcome. It's always warm on Ask the Podcast Coach. That's it. I was uh, talking to somebody last night, and we said, hey, it's... Um, it's January in Ohio, like it's cold, it's nasty. And I normally go out grocery shopping on Friday because, you know, that's how I party. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm good. You know, it's too cold out there. But there is a an easy way to warm yourself up, of course, and that is with a piping hot cup of Java. And uh, Jim's going to do the coffee pour there. And that, of course, is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at Podcast Branding. Co. If you want to look good, whether that's artwork or a logo or your whole website, you got to go over to podcastbranding.co because, you know, they see you before they hear you. And the beautiful thing about Mark is not only is he an award-winning graphic artist, he's a podcaster. So there's none of this having to explain that, you know, it's kind of like a radio show, but it's not. And uh, of course, he's Canadian, so it's going to be polite. And he's going to do things that you're just not going to get from that guy on Fiverr or Girl. He's going to sit down with you one-on-one, -on -one, figure out what your show is going to be, what you want it to be, and just make it fit like a glove. Because you really want that maximum impact. You got to stop the scroll, people. You got to stop the scroll, and you can do that with awesome artwork, websites, and other things from Mark over at podcastbranding.co. You ever tempted to sing that last little line? I am. Every day? <laughs> I always want to. Big thanks to our good friend Dan Lefebvre over there, based on a true story at based on a true story podcast.com. This week, $299. He's close to $300, Ooh. by the way. Darkest Hour with Furman Daniel. And uh, and I think that is a, a World War II about Churchill. So check that out. Uh, based on a true story podcast at based on a true story podcast. Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. 
And of course, if you have a question, you can throw it into the chat if you're watching live. Also, if you're here live, you can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash question and uh, jump right into the video. But boy, do I have a question for you, Jim. I, I was oh, asked this on a... Uh, excited. Uh, well, first of all, I have right now, I have 3,000 subscribers to my YouTube channel. And yet, I get about, if I'm like rocking and rolling, yep, yep. 200 views on a on yep. a video, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you want to guess what I did that got me over 2,000? What'd you do, Dave? I did a short. And oh. I, and I was like, wait, what? Like, I've done a yeah. few shorts. And yeah. yesterday, I just, I did a short. I had my guitar on. And I said, you know, I love the guitar. I love to teach. And I said, but yet I hate, I don't know why, I hate teaching the guitar, mainly because people walk in and go, I want to play Eruption. And you're like, yeah, you're six. Let's learn some chords first, shall we? And um, so that was like a quick, you know, 58-second thing. And um, I uh, was just amazed. I logged it. It was like, I think, yesterday. So in one day, it got 2,000 views. And I was like, hmm. so my question yeah. is, so we're all like, everybody's like, ooh, shorts are the next big hot thing. And based on that, I'm like, well, I need to do more of those. But here's the question that I was like, hmm. And this comes courtesy of Paul Culligan at paulculligan.com. If I release a bunch of shorts, how many shorts is too many shorts to the point where you go, I, it's like a trailer, right? If you watch a movie trailer, a lot of times you go to the movie and you're like, really, the best stuff was in the trailer. So can you have too many shorts to the point where people don't actually go watch your long form anymore? That's possible. Yeah. I mean, short engagement is high on the numbers, low on actually anybody doing anything with it. You got to remember we're death scrolling as we're going through shorts. That's what people are doing. They're right. just watch, scroll, watch, scroll, watch, scroll, watch, scroll. And so it doesn't actually... The, the engagement on shorts is just not there. It's it's terribly deceptive because you get those, you look at those numbers and you're, you, get, you get this adrenaline rush. You're like, I'm popular. No, everybody who does a short is popular, friends. Like it, it, they, they just get more numbers because we're, we're doing more, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting more, we're viewing more. Well, but the the numbers are showing the engagement is very very low. See that's what that's the I haven't had the courage yet to click on my fifty eight second video to see if people made it all fifty eight seconds. You know what I mean? It's like that would be the part. Yeah, yeah. that would be the like. Oh, yeah. seriously? Like the average watch time is thirty six seconds. I haven't looked at at that yet, but I was just the the numbers definitely made me uh, kind of go hmm yeah. Um, and then this is the thing, uh, Chris over at castahead.net says, shorts are a completely different medium. It's casting a tremendously wide net. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, um, yes, everybody's mentioning my volume I hear. Number one, I bought a different mic arm that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I think I'm gonna, uh, I have, if you notice, I don't have the big arm coming up and down. I have a low arm going up. And I bought, I think the company is Fifey, Fifi something, F-I-F-E something. And it's not bad. I just, I had an Elgato once and then I sold it and now I'm wishing I had not. But uh, everybody's saying my volume is too low. So I've, I've turned myself up. So hopefully that is. They're, uh, ins they're insistent. Yeah, they're like, like fix the volume now. How dare you? Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, but, um, and then uh, 
Ken Blanchard said, I think it was the combo of the guitar where you have something not many people have. It's unique. Um, yeah, because unique is a superpower. That's true. It was different. you know. And then it was even funny because I zoomed way out, and then the guitar still wasn't even in the uh, video, really. Not a whole lot. So, uh, yeah, F-I-F-I-N-F-I-N, something. It's a weird. And, and the only you thing. You buy it on Amazon? or I bought or on Amazon. Yeah, bought on Amazon, and this uh, I'm pointing at the the top clip that you actually clip the mic to. And what's weird is because I guess in Europe they have there's like a small uh, screw and a big one, and we all want the big screw. And uh, so you you screw that, which is you know, like typical for me. Like I have a, a pod mic here. And I screwed it on, and it kind of like it's one of those where you kind of go back and unscrew it and screw like is it because it didn't go all the way in, and I was like, huh, okay, so it's fine. I literally go to do my first interview, and I go to move it, and literally it came off in my hand. So, oh, no. and I was like, hold on. So I ran. I eventually ran, which it's on the floor, but I got a one of those you know ones you sit on the desk. So I don't think it's it's. I love the fact that it's got it hides um, my. Uh, it hides all the cables very nicely. It's just I was like, mm, I'm not sure what the deal is here. Let me do this real quick. So anybody watching, what was the so what here's, was the retail on that thing? Uh, it's like 50 bucks, and the Elgato was 90. So I saved you know a decent amount there. But here it's got little uh, compartments that you can hide the cable in. So that's kind of nice. Oh, and and it's working fine now. It is one of those where. Uh, I don't know where mine is, but you have to have an Allen wrench kind of handy because you tighten it. And then if I wanted to maybe move it up a little, it's like, oh, now I've tightened it too much. And then if you, it's, it's, it's like anything else. Yeah. See, and then it does this. So this is why I'm kind of not liking it. Oh, that's not good. I, I moved it up. So it was in place and then it just took a nosedive. And I don't know where my Allen wrench is right now. So otherwise, oh, here it is. I have my little Allen wrench. What is failing? What part of that is failing where it's Either dropping? Either A, I don't... Well, that's the problem is if I don't want it to... Like now it's staying put, so that's that's kind of cool. But you have to have... You, this, you tighten this up so that it stays in place. But what if... So it, it really is kind of a... You have to figure out where do you really want this microphone? Because... And Elgato is the same way. It just seemed like there's... You would tighten it up and it would stay tight even though you could still kind of move it. Where this, as soon as I yeah. move it... It's like I somehow loosen it, and then it doesn't want to. Now it's staying in place, which is good. So it's just my first impression, and it could be really operator error, Dave. You just need to get a little more, you know, experienced with your um, uh, Allen wrench. But um, I was just like, mm, I I, I'd go for the more expensive one. Yeah, I mean, well, I've used the road. I've used the road forever, and it just doesn't ever let you down. Now I did. I did have a road that I bought maybe ten years ago, where the 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 um, the pivot points started. I don't know if they started to just rust or wear out, but I was getting a black dust out of them, and, and maybe they were tightened down a little bit too much. I, I I don't know, but they they would squeak a little bit when you would move, you know, when you'd move the microphone. Um, we replaced them with some inexpensive arms, um, you know, seventy five dollar ones or or such well, that have worked great. Yeah, Chris mentions here there are some low-profile boom arms that are super expensive, but I use a few. Um, the and then the chat room moved my thing. There we go. Um, 
but he uses the Elgato Wave in the Vivo Black Height Adjustable Pneumatic Spring Microphone Counterbalance Arm Mount. That's a mouthful there. I try to avoid anything with springs because when I had those, it always seemed like any time I moved them, it was gang gang in the background. They screech. Yeah. They would screech. Yeah. And then inevitably you hit it. You hit one and they go. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, boy, the chat room is going because I saw where they're fired up today. Brad had a cool question, and I went to click on it, and I don't. Mm, Brad, ask your question again. I've been told it's not the podcast mic; it's the podcaster. But Brad, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of truth to that. <laughs> there is truth to that. Well, I uh, when as I move the mic, I put back on my RE320 microphone. That's my favorite, or it was. And if you remember, that just had a very small windscreen that I had to, it was a third party thing. And I was popping that thing like nobody's business. I turned down because I remember you always said, hey, Dave, you sounded a little harsh on that. So I was backing down some yeah. of the, and I just, I'm, I'm, I, it's turning out, I'm really liking the Rode Pod Mic USB. I'm like, they're, they're all like, I always kind of go, you, you do know there's a thing called treble and bass. You can kind of tweak them all and, you know, you can make any mic probably sound the way you like it. But, um, yeah, so I, I actually took it down. I was like, okay, this was my favorite mic because I want to start, uh, recording my audio version of my book. And when I did it, I did like four chapters and I was like, oh, but that was on the RE320. And if I change mics, it's going to sound weird and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, hmm. So we, we might go back to the uh, the drawing board on that and just re-record the whole thing anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know what happened to that. But yeah, so that's what I'm using today. And, you know, I'm sure there I will get thousands of more views because my mic is coming from the bottom up and not the top down. And we all know that's really, he said sarcastically, what, uh, what people do. But I would just going back to that thing about shorts, I was thinking about it because I rarely watch a Joe Rogan episode because I get most of the good stuff on YouTube. Uh, Howard Stern. I don't, I used to be, I had a weird thing with Howard Stern where I would subscribe for like six months and then go through the extremely painful process of canceling your subscription on, on series because they will go through the script. Even if you go, Hey, I've been through this before. I don't want to discount. I don't want to pause. I want to cancel. They, they will still go through the script. Uh, in fact, I think they got sued for that. Like they made it really hard to leave. And I don't feel like I need to subscribe to Howard because they put like four or five video clips that are all about five minutes long when the interview bans to the point where you kind of go, do, do I really need to subscribe to get the four minutes that they didn't post on YouTube? So that was just my thought of, of yes, I want to do shorts, but on the other hand, I, I think a short, if, it's, if you're using it like a trailer, should leave people wanting more. But that's kind of a, that's kind of a weird thing because if you don't deliver value, they're not going to share it. It's not going to like if somebody goes, hey, tune in this week and find out what's inside the box. Like that's not valuable. Uh, you might get some people to tune in and see what's inside the box. But uh, I don't think that would, you know, you, you need a, a, a full idea or a full thought, I would think. Don't you think on shorts? Like if you gave somebody a, a, a just a giant click here to find out more. I hate those, by the way. There was a guy, because I don't know about you, but 
I don't do TikTok, not because I'm like, I just don't do TikTok. I'm, I'm like, because YouTube does this. Every time, if this is, I'm holding up a, a, a bag of microphones here, but every time I go to like avoid shorts, YouTube's just like, no, no, here, it's like the really, it, it, think of like a really annoying Walmart greeter that wouldn't let you go into the store until you said hi. <laughs> You're just like, no, no, they no, wait, welcome, you, welcome, no, well, no, wait, stop. And, uh, yeah, Keep jumping in front of you, jump out of the aisle. That's yeah. it. And so when I start to walk shorts or watch shorts, it's here's the rabbit hole again. And there was this guy, and it's great storytelling. You know, we, me and my friends jumped into this cave, and we went down, and we and they do this all the time. They're like little cave dwellers, and blah blah blah. We didn't know what it was, and we heard this sound, and blah blah blah. And then the thing that really drives me nuts, they'll be like, subscribe to find out what happened. And so the one I subscribed, I go to their channel, and this short is from who knows when, and there's no clear path to where do I find the answer to this? And that made me upset to where I was like, all right, then F you, I'm unsubscribing because you wrote me, I just wasted 20 minutes watching all this stuff, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, you, you want to deliver value. I think that would be bad, so... Well, I think shorts are best designed for brand awareness yeah. uh, and brand building and not necessarily, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of engagement from a click here to do this. You're trying to just always be in the mind of whoever's watching it. So for in this, in your case, Dave, I mean, uh, I think a lot of those, if you're bringing, if you've got little snippets or stuff that you're bringing from your show that are funny or that are thought-provoking or whatever. I think shorts are really good for those kinds of, that kind of interaction. And you can't, the brand building is hard to measure uh, in a single episode, right? Or in a single short or in a single device. And yeah, you can get tons of views and blah, blah. And you're getting tons of views because YouTube is favoring those, by the way. They want you to do that. They know they're, listen, for them, shorts do the same thing for, for them as they do for you, which is just keeps people on YouTube. Right? That's what they want. They want to be able to eventually deliver ads to you. So they want to keep you on YouTube. Yeah. So I think if you think of it that way, throw out some of your best stuff. Listen, it's never one thing, right? I, I keep, it just drives mm. me nuts sometimes as we think, what's the one thing? It's never one thing. It's a whole bunch of things put together that makes things work for you. And shorts are just a part of the strategy of brand building and awareness on YouTube or wherever you decide to put them. If you like doing them, put them out there. Make them. If well, you don't like it, don't. That's such a great point because um, one of the bands I was in was called the Sugar Daddies, and we wore, like, silk, shiny shirts and ties. And it was a really bad idea because those don't breathe well. You are a sweaty mess by the time the night is over. But we, we thought it was interesting because there was somebody that actually ripped off our look. But it wasn't just our shiny shirts that made people come out. It was our music selection. And when we got off the stage, most bands go and hide in the back room and do whatever. We got off stage and went and talked to the audience to keep them there. Because the problem is when you, when you stop playing music, a lot of people will be like, well, 
babysitter's probably tired. No, no, we went out and talked to them to keep them there so that when we once we started playing again, they'd get up and start dancing and they'd hang around. And if you go back to the days of the Beatles, everybody's like, oh, look at these guys with their long hair. So everybody grew their long hair because that's what it was. It was just their hair that made them so popular. No, it wasn't just one thing, the hair. It was the songwriting. It was, you know, you can't reproduce that stuff. So, yeah, I look, I, I totally get I always kind of make a joke, but we are kind of looking for that 10,000 download switch, right? If I could just just do that one thing and then, oh, there it is, money from, you know, manna from heaven. I'm like, uh, maybe not. It's just, it's a matter of, of uh, figuring out, again, who your audience is and then going to where they are, you know, and, and letting them know you have a show and then asking them to share. But in some cases, like Gary Arntz is coming on the, the School of Podcasting because are you ready for this jim he got into i wish i had my reverb set up new Is it new and noteworthy new and noteworthy <laughs> which back ba- back in the day right was something that was almost an automated algorithm if you remember you only had eight eight weeks to be a new and noteworthy it was this whole big to do and everybody thought it was a big deal i'm a new and noteworthy and it really wasn't a big deal and now it kind of is because that's manually curated so I asked him, he's, I saw on Facebook that he's like, hey, I'm in New and Noteworthy. And I'm like, dude, can you, like, I, he is kind of like a mad scientist where he's very, um, he's very strategic. Like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to measure if it worked or not. I'm going to do this. And I said, can you, would you be willing to share, like, what happens when you go into New and Noteworthy? He's like, oh, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to that interview. Um, Chris over at uh, castahead.net has some more insights. This is a guy who works in video a lot. He said, uh, we've seen a handful of new subscribers from YouTube Shorts, but identifying the longer video in its froms. Yeah, so when you make a short, you can say, hey, point this at the longer video. Because I noticed that when I did that, that uh, it yeah, did. Nobody does it, though. Nobody does it. No, because most of my <laughs> shorts are just me spouting off something for 58 seconds. So yeah, Listen, people are, in, people are watching those reels to get away from life not yeah. i mean you're they're jumping in there and they are just scrolling one to the next one to the next now listen if you're going to create them put the link in there every once in a while even a blind squirrel finds a nut but you're you're if you're thinking they're going to drive massive engagement over maybe every once in a while you'll hit it so make sure the link is there but it, it it's it's really uh it's really the death scroll right that's really what people are doing in those things yeah and then uh gary says i think youtube is pushing shorts to get some competition with tiktok oh for sure yeah for sure absolutely guys this isn't new (laughs) tiktok and and youtube we've been doing this now for for a while and uh maybe it's the first time you've been hearing about it then then but this is these it's kind of an old medium now just to be honest i mean it's been out there for a couple years we've been talking about doing shorts for a while the hard part dave i think is getting it worked into your workflow and it does take a lot of time to uh, to go and find what you want and kick it out you can some of the ai tools are better at this now uh you can i always use my transcripts to back back into them and get it done and also this form of media that we're using this widescreen yeah it's not very good for for real oh no it's not that's you know. what, that's where you pull it into. This is why, in this case, Ecamm is recording both of our videos, and I could go into Descript and squeeze and squish and make us tall and short and fat and put words over our faces and all the other fun stuff. So, um, 
Yeah. And then Coach Dave says, uh, why did the humans scroll through YouTube shorts for hours and hours? Because they're on a quest to find the world's shortest attention span. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's a weird, I think there's a weird, I think psychologically or uh, what's the, the term or it feeds that dopamine for us. It feeds that dopamine fix as That's you're going it. through it. So these, these short little, oh, huh. There's a, <laughs> there's a series of shorts of this guy who's seeing all these accidents happen on the workplace, you know, oh, wow. big machinery sliding. Oh, I think machinery. I've seen that. Yeah. And, and they, so they, they do the, 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 the event, you know, the roof falls on a guy and then they go to the guy's face and he goes, you know, or whatever. He makes yeah. a funny face and then they go to the next one. And there's a, you know, you're like, what, what's the value of that video? Right. You know, what's the value? They're, they're very popular. People love watching that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a dopamine hit for everybody going in those for those. So if you have some interesting content, we, 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 um, we experimented a little bit of this at Gallup with our content and it was kind of like, mm. I think there's some other ways we could be doing it better. And, uh, and I think there's some content that's, that's made for it better, but listen on the scroll, this is why you get so many, because as soon as they hit it, it, it counts. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's one, right. It's, it, they, it's not like they went to it. It was just served to them. So that's why your numbers are so high. And then they may only watch it for three seconds before they scroll on. Do you scroll? I don't, I mean, I, um, well then the, the feed begins to curate. And so right. obviously I watch shorts that are our construction fails <laughs> or, right. you know, people getting, you know, hit, run over by a truck or whatever. Right. Cause the, then the reels start to consolidate based on your viewing preferences of the things you watch the longest. It, it took on that. me a long time to get YouTube to like, Hey, I'm done with the shark stuff. I don't know what I watched, but it was just like, here's another shark. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, I saw it. I get it. They have big teeth and they're, you know, but nobody dies. You know, it's that whole nine yards. Uh, Todd, I, Todd the Gator says, I've been using shorts and reels and TikTok uh, for thought provoking clips from my podcast. And it drives traffic maybe, to our Discord maybe, community and our website. That may be a good way. Maybe a good way to get them to a community. Yeah. They got to be good shorts. I think that's it. You know, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Um, some other questions floating in here. Um, writing fright says I'm planning to use the zoom pod track before I'll be doing a ton of, uh, location shows, but I've noticed that it's 16 bit. Is there that much difference between 16 and 24 bit? I'm using the Q2U mic. Here's what you can do. Um, you can download a, my answer is I don't think so. Uh, I'm sure there is, but you got to remember, I don't have my earbuds with me, but there's a lot of people that are going to be listening through earbuds and, any, because in theory, if this was a painter, you're using more paint to capture, right? Or, or you're using a thicker lens to capture the image. There's more data, and more data means more accurate. Now, the question is, A, it's a human voice. It's not like it's a symphony. So if I was doing maybe a fictional pair, you know, with a lot of soundscaping, maybe. But I was going to say, go find some software, record in 32-bit, and then switch it and record in 16-bit, and then vote with your ears. My my answer is probably going to be not much of a difference. Like, I laugh. I'm a rebel. I export the file many times at minus 14, and it turns out that, because, you know, the standard's minus 16. Well, Dave, how dare you? 
it, it's it's this much different than minus 16. So uh, that's one I, I honestly don't know. I know um, if you do video, a lot of people are like, ooh, can you get the audio in 32-bit? No, not 32-bit. I've got it confused. 48K, not 44.1. There's something with video that they want 48K. So uh, depending on what you're doing, you may or may not uh, need that. And then uh, the Z-Man asks, is it still an advantage if you choose to just go audio uh, on YouTube and other platforms until you feel comfortable? Well, here's the thing. Jim said it last week. If you don't do anything on YouTube, you get zero views. If you do something on YouTube and you get seven views, that's better. So if you and if you're using something like Libsyn and their other tools, oh, speaking of that, man, was this the question this week? If you're using <laughs> Libsyn to send your audio to YouTube as a video, you do not have to do a thing because YouTube put out an official video and like here's how you you basically go into your YouTube channel and go up to the top and go add and you'll see where there's an option that says add podcast and so you grab your RSS feed. I need to do this this week. I have a a show on Buzzsprout. I have a show on Captivate and Blueberry. I need to go in and add these just to see, to be part of the uh, the experiment here and and see what happens. But it's an advantage in the, you know, is, you know, one is zero and one is more than zero. So yes, it's an, is it a big advantage in my travels? You know, uh, the school of podcasting, Ask the Podcast Coach is available as a video and is a fake audio on my fake audio channel and none of those get, you know, we're talking 11, you know, views. And again, I've never gone in to see how far people listen. That would be interesting. That might be, I'm doing some stuff this week on the school of podcasting about uh, a little bit about burnout, a little bit about handling trolls and some other things. And, and just, again, it's like, it's like Jim said, Hey, you're all excited about 2000 views. Realize that if somebody scrolled past that for a half a second, that's a view. And you're like, oh yeah, that is reality coming back to uh, to smack us in the face. Yeah, but it's bit. not a bad it's not a bad reality in the sense. I mean, every every little bit of promotion can be good for you. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So it's just just set just know what you're getting yourself into with that. You know, uh, uh, Todd the Gator says the drawback to you know he said earlier that he you know that he's gotten a lot of engagement to his discord group for it so it's a drawback it attracts the wrong audience usually a younger crowd hmm. not bad because it's younger it's just what are you trying to get and sometimes you might attract a, a lot of noise to your group i mean we have a very for home gadget geeks we have a very well curated group of guys uh and maybe a few ladies in there who um uh, have been around for a long time and they kind of understand the rules and they know why they're there and they know the conversation and it's really, I don't even curate it anymore. It's a very well balanced, nice communication that we have with each other. It's a great group to be a part of, right? But we've been doing it together for like 12 years. If I open that up to the world, <laughs> just, just go in any group that's big, that's, that's fairly large. If I open that up to the world, all of a sudden that changes, right? And is that what I want? This is, we talk about this all the time. I don't, listen, I don't do Home Gadget Geeks for big numbers. I do it because it's a great community. And it's a great community because we've curated it to be to be so. And so the growth is very, very slow. Folks who come in, who understand what we're doing, who want to be a part of that group. 
So be careful. I've said this a thousand times on this show. Be careful what you wish for in just opening up your, like, not all numbers are made the same. (laughs) And you may attract an audience that actually may start driving people away from your show or away from your group that rather than get to it. We've all been a part of Facebook groups or like we've or we've tapped out because it's gotten it started with good intentions. But then after a while, it gets it's unbearable. And you're like, all right, I'm tapping out. Do you want them tapping out? I mean, you really want it. So just know like with audience engagement, and I love this idea of maybe having them land in a bigger discord group or whatever. And then maybe the more engaged ones move into something else. But just know the the audience you're going to attract in those kinds of situations, and then know how to how to work with them. This is Dave. I think for a lot of podcasters, this is the hardest part. They don't know how to deal with what they get, and mm. then they say something, or they do something, or they make a public statement of some kind, or they get frustrated, or they get what they're frustrated with their audience. This is my and some of the groups I get. Uh, asking the same questions all the time. You know why? Because new people are coming in yeah. all the time. Then the old, the, the folks who've been around a while, they get sick of the new people asking the same questions all the time. Then they start fighting, right? So um, just be careful what you wish for. Make sure you have a good plan for your funnel. Like if you're going to create, so a, a TikTok or a Instagram or a reel is top of the funnel activity. Make sure you have a plan to bring them from the top of the funnel to wherever you're trying to lead them. And then you have some way of curating it so that the the mat, the, <laughs> the unwashed masses, so to speak, don't necessarily commingle all the time with your most, most engaged audience. Because that the, the most engaged, they expect a little bit, they, they expect, I think, a little bit more of a curated kind gentler experience they don't want to be <laughs> like they don't want to be out there with and, I, and i'm listening i'm speaking in generalities here uh, but just make sure you understand your marketing funnel at that point that you know where they're going you have a plan for them this is where most uh, most of us make the mistake is we don't treat we don't think about the the full marketing funnel process what are we going to do with them once we have them and we're just so desperate to get ten thousand views That's in a video it. i'd rather like, okay then I'd rather have a thousand of the right people than ten thousand, where nine thousand of them are just trolls and that whole nine yards. I did uh, scroll over and logged into my website, and down here, this is using Pretty Links in, in WordPress, and you'll see this one at the bottom. Um, I've had five thousand ish people click on because I have schoolofpodcasting.com/slash/youtube, and I put that in my you in my YouTube like. Today on Ask the Podcast Coach, it'll be like, join the School of Podcasting, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash YouTube. So that's interesting. I'll have to go and see how many times the coupon code YouTube has been used because I'm thinking off the top of my head, not a ton, which either me A, means my landing page is crap or, you know, people are just looking for free stuff. You never know. We have a, a ton of questions coming in here. You ready to say we're not lawyers, Jim? Yes, we're not lawyers. We're not I lawyers. didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> but what is media omission insurance? Um, do you know the answer to this one? I, I don't. Well, we've uh, we've got the answer already. Um, where did Brad put an answer in here? It's basically because Brad does a show about like extermination and said um, 
Gordon Firemark, which is a name we're going to be saying a lot here, uh, the podcast lawyer stated that if I make any errors of omission in my pest control podcast, I could get sued. So he suggested media errors and omissions insurance. So it's one of those things, if somebody sues you because of your podcast, that can basically, you know, uh, potentially cover your butt. Again, I'm not a lawyer. You would want to talk to Gordon Firemark. And then um, Monty says, well, wouldn't forming an LLC also protect you or personal assets? In theory, yes. Here's here's my whole thought on this, Uh, not to change the subject, but it is kind of, well, let's. Yeah, so I would I would ask Gordon would be my first answer to that. Uh, do you have any other insights before I I, th- I kind of take this topic a little different? Yeah, no, keep going. You're okay, fine. so I, I've I've brought up this question because we're all worried about being brand safe, right? Because you're ready. If I say booger, oh my gosh, we might get you know somebody's going to cancel us. And so <laughs> I, th- I think booger is pretty safe. If if we said. See now we've said it twice. We're 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 done. Um, but here's my thing: if we started off every show, and I said, "Hey, welcome to Ask the you Get Your Podcast Questions Answered Live." Keep in mind the views and express opinions of the host do not necessarily reflect uh, those of their sponsors. All right, who's our first question, Jim? Wouldn't that like just clear everyone of the whole brand safe? So if they said, "Hey, they said booger three times on that show." I'm going to go tell Mark over at podcastbranding.co he shouldn't be sponsoring such filth. Mark could go, well, didn't you hear him say that like, that's not – I wouldn't say booger. I'm Mark. I'm, I'm In Canada, we don't say booger. We say nose dropping because we're polite, right? So I, I just kind of – because there's literally an industry being built to stalk podcasters to see what they're doing on their show, what they're wearing, what they're doing off their show, just to make sure we're brand safe. And the old hippie in me just wants to wave certain fingers at the man and go, no, 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 thank you. And I'm just, I want to ask somebody, in fact, I'll probably ask somebody if if um, Tom Webster or Brian Barletta or somebody from Sounds Profitable who is up to their neck in ads, say, why wouldn't that cover people? Because, you know, I'm thinking that sounds too simple and it would put people out of work who are, you know, busy getting paid stalking podcasters. But I'm like, if you had sponsors, you know, it sounds like a blanket. They do it on uh, on the radio. You know, they'd be mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when it's the Dr. Mike show on Sunday at 930, you know, the following is a paid endorsement from Dr. Mike, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like. So you just put it. Well, that doesn't guarantee they can't take it to court, right? I mean, mm. it, or they can't sue you. It just—it's a it, much like fair use. It's something you use in defense when when you you are in court. So I think sometimes some of this, and I think you, you could do it. Gordon would know more, but you can do it one of two ways. You can purchase the insurance, which is going to get you a lawyer, right? Or you can just keep a retainer on a lawyer who said who who's going to give you this advice on some things you should do. And then if you do get served, you've got someone who already knows what you're doing and they, they can then file back, you know, a whatever they do, whatever those things are. And maybe it gets stopped before it even makes its way into the courtroom. Get, you're still going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're going to talk publicly like we do. You have to know. You, you're, you're opening yourself up for this. Like you, you're asking I don't want to say you're asking for it, but you kind of are in some ways. We, you and I do this willingly and all podcasters do know going and knowing 
the things we say we're going to be held accountable for Yeah, in a lot of ways. And there's no way around that. If you're going to be public in any form, whether you're typing it, writing it, putting it in a book, writing in a newspaper or making a podcast or whatever on YouTube, you're accountable. And it's just, it's going to open yourself up for that. So just know you just can't, you know, you can't just, fl- just start whacking oh. away and, and say, Dude, I'm not accountable for um, Yeah. Gordon, if you're, if you have pants hey. on and stuff, <laughs> ask the podcastcoach.com slash question. Cause it, he's like Beetlejuice. We've said Gordon Firemark three times now. Um, <laughs> we're talking about omission insurance and, and that whole nine yards. But, uh, uh, if you feel like coming on uh, video, oh, that's awesome. um, that's that would awesome. be be fun. Yeah. But it's because yeah. it really is one of those things where uh, like but you don't have to, Gordon. You don't you, have, you to. Don't have you to. to. You don't have to come on. Because I realize he's to. in California. It's early. And he charges for this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's like, true. This is the, right. This is his business. So, Gordon, if yeah. folks have questions, they can get to you. Yeah. We don't, Firemark, if you want to come on, you're welcome to. Yeah, firemark.com. Because um, Ralph says I have that at the end of his show because, again, he, he does – he's – advising yeah. people on their finances. I do that right. anytime I mention anything when I did the logical weight loss show, I'd be like, well, if you do this and your heart rate is this and this and that, and I'm like, and as always, consult your your personal doctor before doing any exercise. I always had to throw that in there. And uh, uh, Brad is saying, uh, if you create a business in Virginia, servicing, selling, and recommending pesticides, you have to have a pesticide business insurance. So. Uh, Gordon said for YouTube, podcasting or blogging, you know, you need to have some sort of, if you want to be safe, you know, not that we want to scare everybody out of starting a podcast, but uh, it gets a little, you know, you can. Well, anytime you're given an opinion, anytime you're, you're making a judgment call, I mean, you're opening yourself up for those kinds of, those kinds of the, 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 the criticisms or the legal action that may take place in that. Just no, and I think we all know that. I mean, I think we all know deep down inside, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're held accountable for the things that we say. And you can say free speech, but that doesn't really, that that's the different, I guess it's a different thing. Well, that's where that's there's also free consequences. You know what I mean? It's like I, right. <laughs> I, I've known people that uh, there was a guy mm-hmm. that went into, like he, you're allowed to be an atheist. It's a free country. And he viewed his very, like he was like atheist plus plus. And was really just bashing everything. And, you know, his job hurt it. Now, he never mentioned his job, but the job kind of went, do we really want this guy on the team? And what I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying the dude got canned because of stuff he said on his podcast. So you do have yeah. to kind of yeah. keep that in mind. Um, you know, it's... it's I, I Listen, I spend a lot of time thinking about the other podcasts that I do, including this one about things that are said here that may reflect poorly about me for the Gallup stuff. Cause that, that, this one doesn't pay. That one does. Yeah. And so, right. So I'm like, okay, I need to be very, very cautious. And I am. And there's been some moments where I went, Oh, I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Yeah. Uh, And it happens, right. Um, you have those things happen, but it, for me, it is about the, you know, when I'm on other podcasts of being careful, and if I'm not careful, maybe getting it deleted. If I if I, if I made it, well, we all make mistakes, right? And that's happened before. Um, you know, where I've had to have it deleted. Yeah. And you know, you just to be cautious. And I, again, I think we uh, this seems a little elementary, and I think we're all 
you guys are all aware of this, but you're just just be careful. Like think think critically about it before you you know before you say it. Yeah, you can. You know, I, I did a YouTube video. I said the internet writes in ink. You know, yeah. and you, you well, know. you also, Dave. Full transparency yeah. said, and I won't I won't give the details, but you basically you know called you called out a company. Oh, and said a word they were not pleased with, and they contacted you and said, "You can't say that." Yeah. Well, it <laughs> right? was it was and, funny because again, I went to Gordon Firemark at firemark dot com. I said, "Hey, like these guys are saying they're going to release the hounds," and he's like, "What'd you say?" And I was like, "This, this, that, and that," and he went, uh, "Yeah, you can't say that." And so you should uh, back that out. <laughs> yeah, you should probably back that out. So speaking of that. Uh, the one and the only we've we've uh, now. Oh, now I have to drag this off the screen. This is where Dave should edit his uh, his YouTube stuff, but he doesn't. So I got to go back to this screen so I can drag this over here. And now I can go to this screen and drag the one and only Gordon Firemark, who's who got up early. You know, he's early and he's still um, there we go. And there's Gordon, the one and only. Hey, guys. Hey, Gordon. So thanks for popping in. I know it's early sure thing. there. I'm still putting in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had somebody ask about o- omission insurance, and they had already talked to you. And, and uh, so. Oh, yeah. Um, so should we all have omission insurance? Because, you know, we might say something stupid. Well, you know, look, in a perfect world, anybody who's creating content would would have some insurance versus the errors and omissions that that can come up in this world. It's not a perfect world. And in fact, it's really, really hard to find this kind of insurance. There just aren't a lot of carriers writing these policies. And when they do, expensive. Yeah. I have I can can we throw another like, hey, let's get free. (laughs) Legal advice. You get what you pay for. And and can I also say there's only one thing cooler than Gordon Firemark's voice, and that's Gordon Firemark's voice in the morning. Uh (laughs) He's got extra, (laughs) there's extra uh, Gordon-ish to it. A little extra. I had somebody ask at the School of Podcasting, and I always just say, go talk to Gordon, and as always, it depends. Um, But they were talking about if I read a book and they want to talk about it, they're like, can I get into problems? And I'm like, well, how long's the book, right? Because if it's four pages and you give away two pages, you just gave away 50% of the book. I, I, and I know it depends, but are there any things that people might not know that they should think about in that? Well, you know, copying is is actually the the issue. You know, if you if you read a book and you like what it teaches and, and what you learn from it and you want to – repackage that in your way and make it yours that's okay you know what you learn from a history book is yours to use as you as you please when you read from the book you are making a direct copy and that's not okay but um so that's the broad strokes now if you're if you copy the outline of the book but then say everything in your own way it's a gray area you're probably crossing a line there but uh you don't definitely don't read from the book and and make it your own tell things in your own way because the ideas that are encompassed embodied in a work of copyright are not protected it's only the actual expression of the of the ideas themselves that is what's protected so yeah yeah, and in, in my case, uh, we were talking about this earlier where I called the one company. I said, they're a bunch of liars and nobody should ever buy from this company. <laughs> and Gordon's like, yeah, you can't can't really say that. But I could say when I, when, I, when I ordered this product, 
they said it was only this and then this so I can I can do a recant which I did and they still said yeah we're still going to sue you and I was like all right I'll take the whole thing down but <laughs> it was uh well and, and yeah, that's you, you, leverage good. is what that is <laughs> yeah yeah well you'd already said it too yeah. like you'd already fired you know you'd already and they, and they know the intent behind that and they really don't want you at the, because you're on their radar now uh, they're gonna they're gonna say yeah I'd, we're, we would appreciate it if you just wouldn't do anything because that'll get you to leave the negative review alone. I think a lot of folks too. We see this. I see this on the work side of things. As soon as they ask us, then we have to then we have to address it. Like yeah. it's it's one of those kind. I'm not saying you should do it and not ask for permission, but just realize as <laughs> soon as you as soon as you ask someone. And if they say take it down, you you need to take it down at that point, or you need to do whatever based on the copyright holder. And so I, I always, you know, I always tell people all the time. I'm like, they're like, hey, I want to ask you a question about something I've done, and I'm like, do you really want to? I'm okay. I'm just saying because as soon as I know, I have to do something about it. I cannot as it's my it's my responsibility as part of the brand, you know, as part of protecting the brand and IP and what we do. Soon as I know, I got to say something, and I would be held liable if this, yeah. if they knew from an organizational standpoint, if they knew I knew and I didn't do anything about it, I would be like, There's the job. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it goes, I mean, it goes both ways. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't, Gordon, and, and respond to this. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for permission because, right. But what is you, is you think about, an answer. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, as you, your advice for podcasters is they're thinking about covering IP and somebody's IP of mm -hmm. some kind. Do you is there is there good advice that you have on how to approach that? What's the smartest way to approach that in covering it? Well, look, you know the the only conservative legal answer because there's you know people's jobs yeah, yeah, on right the line again right, is right always get always get permission. If you don't get permission, don't use it. There are exceptions and there are defenses to infringement cases, and and fair use is the one that everybody knows the name of, and very few people actually understand, um, and that includes judges and lawyers. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's. It's, it's always a little bit of a judgment call. If what you're doing is newsy, if what you're doing is criticism commentary, like a movie review show or something like that, you're more likely going to fall in that fair use category than if you're just grabbing a piece of music or, or a clip of something just as an interstitial bumper between scenes of your, of your thing. And, and that's not going to be as likely to be fair use. If you, if what you're doing is substituting for the, purchase of the thing or the experience of, of listening, uh, then it's, it's going to be infringement and you just can't do that. So very cool. Um, Daniel's asking a question about generative AI. Um, yeah. as far as, you know, we know the New York times and Microsoft and, and open AI hey, are in conversations today about, uh, uh, what, what can be used and what can't be used in generative AI from content. Any thoughts on that, Gordon? Just my thoughts well, are we are in for a bumpy few years ahead <laughs> as this gets decided. <laughs> uh, you know, we've seen a few lawsuits already being dismissed because they just didn't state things in a way that made legal sense for, for claims. But the, the New York Times case against uh, Microsoft and, and OpenAI seems to have been a, a more carefully thought out claim. And... The, the evidence seems to be that the output is what's infringing. I think that it's the input 
is where the copying happened. And there are some nuances in copyright law that allow for these ephemeral recordings of loading something into a computer's memory so it can do the job it's supposed to do. And so the question is, are we paying attention to the inputs or the outputs or both or the combination? And um, we just don't know yet. I think I think New York Times has a pretty strong case and we know they've got pretty strong legal teams. So um, hopefully OpenAI and Microsoft have similarly strong legal teams and it'll be a robustly debated and litigated issue. So we'll find yeah. out an answer. Well, well it'll be helpful because it'll give us some clarification some clarity yeah. right going mm -hmm. forward and it won't be the last case right all these cases right. Be, build a legal precedent which allow us then to have clarity on what we can and can't do in the future or what we should it's really not can and can't do what we should and shouldn't do yeah. in the future right because there's some there's some gray lines um, well i mean uh, in, you know in the image generating ai tool area you know it's very clear if you tell the system, hey, give me a picture of Spider-Man wearing a Darth Vader helmet, you're going to get an image that looks like Spider-Man wearing a Darth Vader helmet. That is a copy of both the Darth Vader helmet design and the Spider-Man character design. And so, you know, don't <laughs> in that scenario. When it comes to the the words and, you know, you ask it, give me a, a summary of XYZ topic or write a script about such and such, you're, you know, unless it's very obviously copied, as users, we should, I don't think we need to be too, too worried about that end of it yet. Yeah. And then Uncle Marv is asking, doesn't it usually come down to damages if you're harming a person or a business reputation or causing some sort of loss? Well, yeah, there, there's a long, you know, it has to be worth suing yeah. <laughs> for somebody to come after you. That said, um, sometimes stopping you from what you're doing is the real result thereafter, and that's an injunction. It's not about a money award. But I'll tell you, in the New York Times case, they have a copyright registration for every article that ever appears in the, the newspaper. And when you have a copyright registration that's made in a timely fashion, you don't have to prove actual money damages. You can go into court and say, Your Honor, this is a terrible thing. Look what they've done. Give us the statutory damages. And the range of statutory damages is from $750 to $150,000 for each infringement. And if you look at the millions of articles that New York yeah. Times has had infringed, you're already talking about billions of dollars yes. in damages. Note to self, do not quote New York Times. <laughs> like, holy cow, that's wild. Um, yeah, I know everybody's talking in the chat room. Mickey Mouse is now fair game. He's in uh, a Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. Is in yeah. uh, um, Oh, I'm sure domain. Disney is um, protecting us. Don't expect Disney to sit on their hands about this. They're 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 coming after you if you do anything that even crosses the slightest little line. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Disney well, and Coke are are have very big legal teams <laughs> that uh, are not going to let you infringe upon there. And you know, in the Disney space too, they own so much now. You just mentioned Spider Man and Darth Vader, and yeah, yeah. certainly I think Spider Man, Sony, but Darth Vader would. So you get you get both in that right. Do, uh, Gordon, do caricatures fall under that same? If I, if I, so, if I have AI create a caricature of Spider-Man and Darth Vader, and it's cartoonish and not an exact copy of what they look like, does that is that any different? I know you're not giving legal advice, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but does, I'm a lawyer. Different? I'm not your lawyer. That's the disclaimer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
that's an interesting one because you, 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 you premise the question on a caricature of a character. And in that right. instance, it's still based on the character. So it's a copy. Right. Now, if it is truly a parody and it's making fun of the original, then we may be back into that fair use arena where parody is a protected form of free speech. However, when you talk about a, a caricature of a real person, they don't own the, you know, the, as long as it's used for non-commercial purposes, not an advertisement that you don't own a, a likeness, right. That's equivalent to copyright. And so the caricature is probably fair game in that arena. Just don't use it. Is, in that, those ads. is that different? You know, the NCAA now has NIL name image likeness yeah. that these players actually do have a protection or can be paid for the use of their likeness. Is that, New. That's where commercial use comes into play. They can be paid for commercial uses of their likeness. But if I'm running a newspaper and I want to show a picture of, you know, right. the, the star athlete from my local college, that's I'm allowed to do that without any permission from them. And yeah, then so that, uh, you have time for one more question or, or I'm, Dave, I'm, did you I have, got all day? It's hey, earlier. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Our LL, let me let me ask this yeah. before Dave does. I'm going to sneak it in. Does LLCs. OK, good. We're thinking the same thing. Is it really worth for a podcaster to do an LLC in some cases? And I know, again, blanket statement, very general, yeah. but can what would, what kind of advice would you give there? LLC, the limited liability in an LLC is only one of the good reasons to form an LLC. I think it is a good reason. It, it's a it's an extra wall of, you know, a, a wall around the moat <laughs> to protect you from potential liability. It makes it a little harder for people to come and get you. If you are the person who says the thing on the podcast that hurts somebody's reputation, they're still naming you individually in the lawsuit. But other good reasons for forming an LLC are it's a good way to set up the organizational structure of who owns this thing. If it's multiple people or who are mm -hmm. creating, it's the it, it stands in what I call a the the podcast prenup. It becomes the the document that uh, allocates who owns what and who is responsible for what and what happens if we break up and those kinds of who gets the house and kids, you know, those kinds of things. So um, it's another good reason for doing it. It's also just a good, I think the formality lends itself to a kind of professionalism that carries through into the quality of the work that's output. And uh, uh, if the cost benefit analysis works in your favor great some places it's very expensive to have an llc here in california it's in you know it's about a thousand bucks a year by the time you finish with taxes and everything mm -hmm. and that may not be worth it but in uh in some states it may be you know fifteen dollars a year so it's a analysis you have to do that's in well it's time to play let's start the music or not do we, do we, we have music for this oh. Um, oh, okay. it's time to play pimp your stuff and so first of all if you want more from Gordon, you can check out his book, The Podcast Blog and New Media Producer's Legal Survivor Guide. And if you need more than that, well, then you go over to firemark.com where you can find all things Gordon. Is that the best website, Gordon, for everybody to find? You know, that's the law firm website, but I've got a lot of stuff available on gordonfiremark.com. Oh, there we go. Because uh, he mentioned, the... yeah, he, um, he mentioned the podcast prenup. Well, you can get one of those over at podcast prenup. Dot com and if you need a if you need a uh, what you call it the thing where the the guest and the people the guest release the guest release <laughs> podcast guest release dot com I believe just just podcast release podcast release dot com have yeah. we missed anything no God I'm so glad I woke up early this morning <laughs> yeah did, did your were your ears burning and you're like why is this what's ha is people talking about me 
I, I was sitting on my iPad and I was watching something and I, I was scrolling. What am I going to watch next? And there I saw you guys were doing your thing live. And, oh, and uh, I must have heard something in my yeah. well, mind. Did you ever think you'd be the podcast legal guy when you started? Like everybody now, everybody you got to talk to Gordon. Got to talk to Gordon. Got to talk to Gordon about everything. So, did you ever? Did, uh, were you my done nefarious it? plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I started practice, there wasn't podcasting, and I was I was going to be a movie studio lawyer, and uh, um, I found this niche. I love this community. I love podcasting myself, as you know. So. Um, it just it just feels right to serve this community and and help folks get their message out and, and do it safely. And we'll see you at yeah. Podfest. I'm assuming I'll be there. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Excellent. Always fun to see you. Thank you so much, man. Anything else hey, before Jim? Before I uh, ask uh, Gordon, just sent Dave the bill for this time <laughs> uh, that he's been on. I, uh, <laughs> Alrighty, he'll he'll pay up in in Orlando next he'll, week. That's he'll it. Pay. He'll pay. He'll, <laughs> checks in the checks in the mail. All right. Thank you, my man. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks for jumping in. You bet. Well, that was fun. I was. It's one of the things I love about this show. You know, it's like a. I'm happy that I've now got things set up. So if somebody comes in, I just have to figure out how to add them. That's the the advantage of this Elgato teleprompter that I have is that I'm now looking at you when I'm talking on video. Yeah. The bad news is it's nine inches and. When I'm like trying to get to the little button that's now, you know, a quarter of a centimeter, I'm like, yeah, I can't see that. So it's uh, it's always kind of fun with that. But uh, yeah, Gordon's a good guy. They need a big screen teleprompter. Like, why yeah. why do all teleprompters have to be this big? Why can't they be 24 inch teleprompters? Hey, well, Elgato, yeah. make a bigger teleprompter. My guess is that that's coming. I think they started off with something less expensive to see if there was a market for this. But I know I've ended up with TV sets. I remember I went on Black Friday in a Best Buy. And I was like, I'm just going to get like 32 inch. And then it's like, oh, wait, 48 is only another $32. And then you go. So you sell yourself on the 48. Wait, 72 is only another. And the next thing you know, you walk out with a, a TV the size of your house and then you have to go buy a new stand because the old stand is too small. That was a great time. So we just need translucent. I'm not sure that's the right word. Translucent monitors that are glass panels to begin with. And they, they, they shine up the picture and then you could put the camera behind it and then just tell the screen to cut out a little piece where the camera is going through. So it wouldn't be affected by the light. Well, there is the plex. How expensive could that be? There is the plexi. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen those. I, I was I very know. happy to see that Plexi Cam, he said, as he puts the, oh, I don't have a uh, quick thing yet for it, but Plexi Cam has a, uh, an affiliate program. So that'll be in the show I, notes. I'll be honest. I think we'll have better luck with computer keeping our eyes looking at the camera than we will. Because I, listen, I don't have a lot of discipline to look in the same spot when I'm talking, when I'm talking. Right. I don't, even if it was there, I'm not staring at you the whole time. That's why people are like, you should get a teleprompter. I'm like, even if I had one, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't, because I, I look all over the place when I'm talking. Um, uh, so, uh, so for me, none of those things, if I really wanted to keep my eyes on the camera, I think I'm going to need software to kind of hold my head straight because I yeah. think it's coming. Like, I think we're getting closer to it. Well, they're, they're saying in the chat room, I just stare. yeah, they say in the chat room, the bigger the, the, teleprompter then your eye has to move farther 
True. Yeah, and I get true. that. But yeah. I know for me, I'm sitting here looking, but I'm also, you're probably seeing if you're watching the video, I'm also watching the chat room. So I'm, right. I'm kind of right. all over the place. Uh, but uh, wow, it is 1134. That means it's time to thank our awesome supporters. Um, did I, did you need another coffee pour before? Uh, oh, I can. I can do Certainly I can. If I can find. Yeah, here we go. Because Jim's thirsty. There we go. And uh, so we always take this time to thank our awesome supporters. And, uh, of course, which means, when I think about it, we should go back here and thank Ralph again, being the new awesome supporter. Find him over at askralphpodcast.com. And uh, the other people we want to thank and remind you of are, did I mention the whole nine-inch thing sometimes can be a pain in the butt? There we go. Um, there's a joke there somewhere. Um, courses, coaching, and community. Where is that? Well, it's at the School of Podcasting, uh, which is where I hang out, and you can have great fun there. And the the community now, because we just had a ton of people just sign up, and it's I'm having an absolute blast over there, and so so is everybody else. But uh, check it out. If you use the coupon code COACH, you can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And Ask the Podcast Coach runs on PodPage, and you can try PodPage at trypodpage.com. And in full disclosure, that is also an affiliate link, but I love PodPage. I have my sites, like I said, Ask the Podcast Coach runs on PodPage, and we're using Ecamm right now to stream the show. So if you want to check that out, support this show.com slash ecam. And if you need more Jim Collison, and hey, who doesn't? Look at him. Can you not just like you gotta have more Jim Collison? Well then oh that's the wrong button. Then you gotta go over to theaverageguy.tv and check out Home Gadget Geeks. And now it's time for of course the thing that we're all waiting for. The supporter of the week is of course Ralph. Yes. But we also because Ralph is a twenty dollar supporter he is also on the wheel of – I do need some reverb for this – wheel <laughs> of names. So we will uh, – first we will shuffle them just to make sure it's it's even and fair. And now I will spin the wheel of names, and round and round it goes. And this week's awesome supporter is Craig from Live Well in Flourish. Yes, congratulations, Craig. And if you haven't listened to his show, they're really short – and it's, you know, I always say, if you can make me laugh, cry, think, grow, and educate or entertain. Uh, and Craig always makes me think. And here's the, the, you ready for something crazy, Jim? Craig mm-hmm. is not trying to make any money with his podcast. What? He's literally just, he just wants people to live well and mm-hmm. flourish. And I was mm-hmm. like, because I asked him once, he's like, nah, it's not really the motivation of this. So it's a really cool show, livewellandflourish.com. And you can be an awesome supporter. You can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And if you're like, eh, I'm not really into like a monthly thing, and then go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And there are other ways to support the show. So you can say, hey, thanks for getting that Gordon guy to come on and answer a bunch of legal stuff. Or, hey, I'm a podcast consultant and you're helping me with my business and you just want to say thanks, uh, then you can do that. So um, the next question we have here is... Uh, this this was an interesting one, and uh, we've kind of hit this topic before, but it's worth hitting again, and that is this person says, hey, uh, long story short, I'm a former law enforcement officer. 
that I think has a good story to tell on the life of a law enforcement officer. I would agree with that. That's behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you know, the truth behind the career and just general stories from when I was a cop. Um, man, um, P.W. Fenton was an ex-cop. He is an earlier, there's a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I can't remember the name of his show, but it was an, he had amazing stories. And so he says, my career came to an abrupt end after a traffic uh, incident. My question is, would my story be a good potential podcast or more of an audio book? I guess it comes back to, of course, Jim, everybody's favorite word. It depends. It does depend. What do you what do you want to do with this story? Uh, I'm looking to record it on my own and potentially have someone edit it or promote it. I'm open for thoughts. I would like to remain as anonymous as possible. That can be tricky in the entire process. However, you can just come up with a name. Your name is, you know, Bert, you know, Schmorgenstern or something. Uh, however, I don't think that will last long. Uh, just like to keep myself uh, and former employees anonymous as possible. Any suggestions? Well, yeah, that's tricky. But any suggestions? I don't think I have enough time uh, to produce it myself. However, uh, I spend significant long periods in a vehicle by myself where I could potentially record while driving. And that's when you hit that. That to me is when you're like, yeah, that's not. Please don't record podcast while you're driving, especially from a cop. There's a part of me that goes, you do realize that is the essence of distracted driving. I was like, that's that's bad. But I like the idea of a of a cop, you know, sharing the behind the scenes. And I guess if you don't want your like, if I'll just use Akron because that's where I'm from, Akron, Ohio. So if I'm an ex cop from Akron, Ohio, I just don't say I'm from Akron, Ohio. I could say I I was a police officer for 12 years in a insert, you know, smallish town in the Midwest, East Coast. Well, you do it. Does it matter where you're from? You know, I guess that that whole nine yards. And then the the hard part of being anonymous is what if the book takes off and now people want to do video of you? We I had a, a guy at Libsyn as you might imagine, really, really upset. He's an undercover cop. And so they kept him, his identity, you know, they didn't use his name or anything because it was an audio podcast. And then they put his picture in the show notes. And he's like, are you guys trying to get me killed? Like, pull that down. And it wasn't a Libsyn thing. It was the, the podcast. But they they emailed us, to which I emailed Rob, and he was like, yeah, take, <laughs> take that down. Um, so... Anonymous can be be tricky, but uh, the biggest the other question should this be a podcast or an audiobook? You could I know there is Scott Sigler, who is another Hall of Fame podcaster, and he used to put out his entire book as a podcast and then say, if you liked this story, please go buy the book on Amazon or donate or something of that nature. So it really depends on what do you want to do with the uh, with the story, you know, if you put it out as an audiobook, you know, and then if you're going to put it out as an audiobook, uh, recording it in the car, now you got to remember, and again, you don't have to have a $5,000 kind of studio, but recording in the car, the only time I recommend that is if, if you have a house with six kids and thin walls, sometimes recording in the garage in your car can be a quietest place you can find, but uh, please don't record a podcast while you're driving. I just... If that's the case, if you're like, I don't have enough time, 
I strongly urge you to download Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L.com. It's a free timer. And just every hour, stop and put in what you were doing. And I'm pretty sure you're going to find out you're spending a lot more time watching Seinfeld reruns than you uh, you actually do have time. People still do that? They do. It's awesome. It's a show about nothing. Seinfeld's popular. There's listen. There's some studies too. We say hands-free driving, you know, talking oh, yeah. to somebody on the phone. But there's some studies that have shown that talking that way is you're imagining the because your brain is imagining the other person uh, as you're talking to them that you are just as impaired as when you are drunk driving. So like be be careful. <laughs> A lot of people, yeah. Well, I was hands-free, and you're like. Well, your hands free and you're talking to another person that could be just as dangerous well so be be care i love your idea though in the garage or you know or in the driveway if it's cold and you can turn the car on but try not to because listen you have to be thinking when you're podcasting you got to be really thinking about what you're talking about there's have you ever taken that trip dave where you've been driving and you all of a sudden and you were distracted doing something and you get to the destination you're like i don't remember any of the exits yeah like well guess what you are distracted yeah (laughs) and that's not great so just be careful yeah just be careful yeah it's tricky uh another fun-filled question here and this will also tie into ralph from the askralphpodcast.com this isn't ralph asking this but he just went through this um i'm setting up a new apple podcast connect account for a new corporate podcast Uh, Whenever I log in to get the podcast listed, I get the, you need to finish activating your ID page. I've added details. Oh, it's interesting because it says, and a payment method, because that's the problem. Like 99% of the time, you haven't added a credit card to the account, which is dumb because the, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to list your show. So my guess would be it's your payment problem. But the other thing that's cool is Ralph just went through this. He had somebody... Uh, before he came to the School of Podcasting, set up his show. And that person set up his show in Apple Podcasts. So Ralph didn't have access to all those extra fun little stats that you can get. And so he also, this person moved to who knows where, but basically he lost contact with this person. So he's kind of like, so how do I get my show? And the knee-jerk reaction is, I don't have, I don't have any access to that. I'll just resubmit. Well, now you make a duplicate of your show on Apple and all the reviews and ratings and all that stuff is on the other show. So I said, reach out to Apple and, and give them, here's the link to my show on Apple. Here's my RSS feed and say, I want to move this under my Apple ID. So Ralph went over and set up his own Apple ID, super easy and send all that information to Apple. Apple then emails you back. And what was cool is the last time I walked somebody through this, it was like a day and a half for Apple to respond, they were responding within hours. So he had this whole process done in, in a day, basically. And he, he emailed them. They said, here's a bunch of numbers, and you have to put it in your – there are a number of fields, but the easiest one is your copyright field. So he logged into Libsyn, and because he had access to his account – so again, if you're having somebody else do your podcast, don't let them set up your hosting because then you don't own your show. So – uh, Ralph logged in, put the thing in the copyright, hit save, went back to Apple and said, hey, I did the thing. And they go over and look. And the only person that can put that kind of code in the feed is the owner of the show. So at that point, you verified that you are the owner of the podcast and they moved it from whoever the other person was into Ralph's account. So now he can go in. 
because he's doing a daily show and he's one of the things I always preach is go look at your your completion rate. It's kind of soul crushing, but you know, sometimes we got to take the hard lumps to keep going. So, yeah, just just be careful. Like at Gallup uh Jim, if you heaven forbid get hit by a bus, like do they know like your login and password for all the podcast stuff? Yeah. I would yeah, think we have, so. We have we have that all set up. Yeah, just just in case. There's and there's folks who have admin. We have double admins for everything. And nice. Some of those. We have a. We actually have set up a SharePoint site that's got every single site we use has all the various folks who have login information. Um, and of course, we don't put the passwords in there because that would be that, right. that wouldn't be the right thing to do. But we have multiple people who have access uh, to it, and so yeah, we set it up in a way that um, something were to happen to me. I'd, I, I like to say call in Rich. If I called in Rich one day and said, you know what, today's my last day, I'm out of here, um, they, they'd have a backup plan for sure. Yeah, because I, I had this happen this week at Libsyn where the person that doesn't, that did the podcast has moved on. And so, as, as you would imagine, the IT department goes and shuts down that email so they don't have access. Well, the problem is, when the new person goes to log in, they don't know what his password is, so they have it resend to the email on file, which was just shut down by the IT department. So that's why you should have your IT department know what the password is, have a backup, so that you know in the event you leave or get fired or whatever, it's it's icky. And that one got sticky because they they knew the email and a couple other things, and but they didn't know the last four on the the credit card. So we had to go through a, a little more of a hokey pokey and they were not happy yeah. about that. And one of the things you have to realize why you have to verify your account. And I've mentioned this before, but there are teams of people that start podcasts and things do not go well. And people do really stupid. It's like, uh, uh, what did you call it, Jim, early when I was telling Jim about this, the 1970s, uh, a divorce or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like a 1970s divorce. Yeah, you know, where they're like, I'm going to take the, the chainsaw and cut the car in half. It's like burning the house down yeah. and and putting, you know, putting uh, toxic chemicals on the lawn and, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. If you wonder why you're in, I'm pretty sure all media hosts would do this. We have to verify you are the owner because it might just mm -hmm. be that you know, uh, upset team member that wants to go in. Oh, that's fine. I'm going to delete all the files then. You're like, wait, what? So, yeah, it's it's kind of icky. Don't do that. Um, another quick one here, um, talking about recording levels. My podcast volume output is low. How can I fix it on Audacity post-uploading it? Well, once you've uploaded it, yeah, you, you've got to re-upload it because the thing that's out in the world is is not working good. Uh, what volume setting should I record in? Um, also, how long should my intro be? It's three minutes now. Any advice is appreciated. So one of the things I've seen people do, and I am like, I always joke about this, but I'm sure if I actually got my hearing tested, they'd be like, dude, you've lost a, a an amount of this and that. So my headphones are always cranked up. So consequently, I don't have to turn my mic up very loud for me to be loud in my headphones, probably why I wasn't loud enough this morning. And so... You may it may sound great in your headphones, but you've got, you know, your your recording level is a two, but your head headphone level is a twenty seven. 
So it sounds perfectly fine in your headphones. Where you want to be, you know, you're recording at a 10 and your your headphones are at about an 8. And so that's uh, something to keep. And I, always, I aim for minus 6 to minus 12. That, that gives me a little bit ahead of room. So if I get excited about something, I'm not peaking. And that's what you should look for in Audacity. Or if you're using Audacity, just don't go into the red. Like occasionally hit the yellow, you know, kind of be in the yellow a fair amount, but, but don't go into the red. Jim, what's your uh, – three minutes is a bit long for an intro. Well, yeah, it's, I'd say that's the longest I would advise. You know, if it gets too much longer – you can, you know, you, you you run some risks. I mean, if it's interesting, if it's a funny intro, right? it could probably go a little bit longer if it's interesting, if you mix it up a little bit. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't go too much longer than three minutes. That's that's a good, two is good, one is even better. Yeah. If, you can get, if, if you can get, so listen, we're, <laughs> we're all so afraid of missing those, those ads in the beginning. Like, they got to hear it right up front. They got to yeah. know or whatever. And uh, and I think sometimes the longer your podcast is around, yeah, this may not be great advice, but the longer your podcast is around, the less of an intro it actually needs. Now you're picking up new people all the time. This is the this is the hard part. You got folks that listen all the time, and you got new folks coming in, and you want to make sure those new folks have a great experience and they understand why they're there. Chances are, though, I think Dave, once they've clicked on it, they've given permission. Like they they think this is going to be interesting. You probably don't need to explain you know, the whole theory to them of why you started the podcast. It probably needs right. to be short, right? Because they've already said, yes, they're there. You don't need to convince them at that point. I think some people feel like they got to put a whole trailer in the front of their podcast to re-win people to what, why you should stay here. Well, guess what? They came for the content. So get to it That's if you it. can. And even if that content is community content where you're just chatting back and forth with a co-host or whatever, a panel, whatever you do, get to it, get to that, get to that part. And um, because that's what they've, they've already said, yes, they're, they're listening. You don't have to win them again. I just think that's the mistake a lot of podcasters make is they think they have to reconvince them. Don't put a trailer. First of all, don't use trailers. But second of all, don't put a trailer in the front of your podcast and go five minutes trying to advertise to them why they should stay. Just get to the content. They already said yes. I uh, There was a really popular radio host in Cleveland. He was a sports guy. And it drove me nuts that his name was Mike Trevisano. And they would play promos for the Mike Trevisano show in the Mike Trevisano show. And I'm like, I am here. Like, why? <laughs> Mike Trevisano. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Could you just stop playing that and let Mike talk? So, yeah, uh, and we are getting uh, notes again. Here's what it is, I think. Number one, different boom arm. And the other one is, I noticed when Dave said that, is I got comfortable and sat back in my chair. Uh, and I'm yeah. not staying up to that three-finger thing on the microphone. So yeah, it's a good you. reminder, though. It's yeah. a good reminder. So Thanks. for me, the the default cookie cutter intro is welcome to the name of show where we, whatever the heck you do. So you can whatever. So welcome to the Wednesday NASCAR meetup where we talk about all the drivers and all the drama in NASCAR. So you can get more out of the races. Like what's the benefit? I always hear that's the one that people forget. Welcome to the interesting show where we interview interesting people with interesting stories. Okay, so I can do what? What's Why should I be listening to that? And usually you can do that within a minute. 
Um, that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. for me. But I know for a while on the school of podcasting, I was starting off with a cold open, and I'd have a story like back in the day I was in a bar and blah blah blah, and then I would eventually tie it into podcasting. And what was interesting is it did like. It used to be I had this, and we all have this the the slope, right? The key, the the ski slope that you start off, and all your subscribers are just skip, or if especially if you have ads, right? But this like they started the slope kind of got a little, it wasn't quite so steep because they're like, wait a minute, he's not doing the typical thing. So yeah, the the thing is, I and then I once I say what the show's about. So in the School of Podcasting, I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. And then on today's show, we're talking about so-and-so. So within a minute or two, you know what the show is about and what the episode is about. Because as my buddy Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach, says, nobody gets on a bus without knowing where it's going. So that's uh, that's my typical intro. You know, we, we had – I was doing a live show one time and – um, in the chat, I, you know, so I say, this is the Average Guy Network, and you found Home Gadget Geek, show number whatever recorded on this date. And then uh, in the in the edited episode, this guitar riff comes in and plays, you know, it's my opening guitar riff. It's 15 seconds long or whatever, and then it fades out, as I say, here on Home Gadget Geek, you know, news reviews, product updates, conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy, right? So, um, and there had been some questions in chat. Do you do pre-recorded or do you do, um, um, do you say them? Well, every show we're live first. So every intro is read live, but I read the exact same thing every time, right? right. You actually get better the longer you do that. Um, anyways, so I had the, this guest that I had on said, or, or somebody in chat was like, where's the music? <laughs> like, don't you play the music live? <laughs> like, no, no, we have the music in post. Like yeah. that's so while there was 15 seconds of music for this regular listener, that music had become a part of their listening experience mm. and they actually expect it, right? They, they, it tells them they're in the right place. It's a, it's a, it's an audio cl clue like, Oh, okay. Settle in. Like I'm on, I'm, I'm uh, home gadget geeks is up next. Right. So it, it's just an interesting, don't short the, the don't short your intro too much because I think there can be a Pavlovian effect to your listener to say, Oh, okay. Right place. I'm, I'm I, I, let me get in the right frame of mind to be thinking about this podcast, but maybe not go on and on and on forever about what, what it, what it is and all the, you know, like I do, a, I do, a, I think our Patreon subscribers up front, cause I think that's important. And I, oops, and I have a, I have an Amazon link. I say, hey, we now have an Amazon link on the front page. If you want to click on it, it supports the network. Oh, be Try careful to get with that. For the record, really fast. You're not allowed to say that. For the record, I've, I, that's one of the reasons I got kicked out of uh, Amazon. Say it or put it in an email. I think they don't. I, yeah, I'm I, not. I, sure I know you're not right. allowed to put it on the website. That's what I got kicked off for. But there, oh, uh, and, really? But that was on the website because I just saw I was uh, researching Michael Butler for the Hall of Fame induction, and he's got. Click here to shop at Amazon and support the show. And I'm like, Michael, dude, that's that's exactly what I did, and it got me kicked out. So audio may be a different story, but it just seems like Amazon likes to kick people out for, you know, yeah, whatever. maybe so. Maybe yeah. they kicked me off once, then kick me off again. <laughs> it's a, it's just a, they're a pain to they're a pain to track in taxes, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's all good. Yeah. So uh, what I hear a lot, and then when somebody goes too long, is there They'll say, today I'm interviewing Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv because Jim is an expert in robo-lawnmowers. And so that's why you, you let him know. And then they'll go, and in the interview, 
we talk about this and we're going to talk about wait till you hear. And they, they basically create a table of contents of all the questions. And I'm like, I have books behind me. I've never highlighted the table of contents. Like I'm here, like Jim said, I'm here. I've hit play. Uh, great. I can't wait to hear about robo lawnmowers, but can we get to those? And I, I hear people do that a lot. Oh, and later we're going to talk about, well, why later? Why not just talk like, let's just, I'm here. I've hit play. And I get it. The idea is to get people hooked in, but sometimes you hook them in and then you actually lose them because you're trying to hook in somebody who's already hooked in. And you're like, no, just, just, you know, just get to the content. So um, there is a whole other conversation going on in our chat room. They're, oh yeah, they're having a good they're having a good time out there. Yeah, they're they're all uh, they're they're all swapping emails, yeah, good, and stories. It's a whole own own show going on over there. It's like it's a, well, that's a good community though. I mean, I talked earlier about having a really good community, and I think we've here at Ask the Podcast Coach we have curated a really good active community that yeah. will take care of each other. Listen, the chat room experience. If if you're listening to the podcast version of this or on YouTube and you haven't come out to join us live. You should just try it once on a Saturday morning. Come out 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. Just jump in. It, you don't have to stay for the whole thing, but just come out and join it. This is part, the chat room experience is part of the product here in being able to get live interactions and questions answered that way. And it's a great experience. So I, I'd encourage you, I know Dave says this all the time, but let me encourage you, come out and join us live on a Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, especially in the winter in the Northern Hemisphere, what else do you have to Nothing do? Nothing else. I'm not going anywhere today. <laughs> exactly. Freezing um, out there. Lane says, if you want to hear a good breakdown of an intro versus a bad one, listen to the podcast rodeo show, which you'll be hearing again. Can't say it enough. AskRalphPodcast.com is signed up to be on the, the uh, Ralph is just like, all right, anything you could do to promote me, Dave, do it. So that's uh yeah and uh, listen great greatest American hero right remember the show greatest oh, yeah. American hero okay you know they're they're that the song they have yeah which is it's horrible it's a terrible <laughs> song but we all know it right in fact now that I, I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to put an earworm in anybody everybody's right. head but now that if you knew that you're, you're uh, immediately it's a, good and bad is in the eye of the beholder and so be careful that we all don't become clones and try to do the same thing. Like, Oh no, your intro has to be like, right. Neil Laporte does it or Joe Rogan does it or whatever. Right. No, the, your intro should be your intro. Do, do it the way you want to do it and, and uh, get better at it. Yeah. Speaking of the podcast rodeo show, there's an episode I did and somebody really, this person really likes sound effects and movie clips and stuff. And I said, you know what? I, uh, People either going to love your show or they're going to hate it, but that's actually kind of a good thing because what's great is it's a it's a Christian show, and it's it's pretty yuck yuck. There's a lot of like you know lots of of comedy kind of thrown in, and I was like, you know what? I said it, it, there was a little for me again, and that's all that show is. It's an opinion. I was like, maybe a little too much icing on that cake. Uh, let's let's keep to the cake. But I said the good news is you're different. You are absolutely different than any show I've heard in this genre. And I go, so I don't know if I would change too much, but if this is something you like, this is something you do. And the same way that Jim just said, just do the intro you want. Don't obsess over it too much. Sometimes having a different intro might set you apart. One of the things that's so great about, uh, I'm inducting Michael Butler, and this guy has been podcasting since 2004, Rock and Roll Geek Show. 
is he hasn't changed a bit. And his whole, you know how you kind of count, like who you are is your avatar. And Mike's avatar is kind of like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. And, oh, crap, I got to read an email, and I'm horrible at reading, and he's very self-deprecating, and it's just – it's a hilarious – but that's his style, and he's just being himself. And if he tried to be like, hey, welcome to the, welcome to the rock and roll geek, people. All right, we're going to rock and roll. Like, you know, try to be a Wolfman Jack thing, you know. All right, baby, Evan, we're going to do the thing now, yeah. And it's like, that's not Michael Butler. So <laughs> it was uh, – sometimes just being yourself I, is your own style, so – Another good impression from Dave Jackson. <laughs> you keep pulling these out, and I'm always, I, I have one. I have Kermit the Frog or or, or Glenn, Glenn the Geek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the one I got. That's all I got. You got hundreds of. Them. That's uh, awesome. Well, when you're when you're the youngest of of three, and nobody wants to play with you, you have to find a way to amuse yeah. yourself. So I was yeah, making sounds sure. and all sorts of stuff. But uh, <laughs> it is, uh, wow, we're actually over. Jim, what's coming up on uh, TheAverageGuy.tv? Christian Johnson of uh, Maple Grove Partners. We mentioned nice. him from time to time. He comes on, original contributor to the show. And uh, he is back on. We talk a little bit about LastPass and Bitwarden. We'd, we had, mm. you know, LastPass had some problems and we talked about moving to Bitwarden. He gives an update as well as an AI update. So, uh, it's out and available right now. You can find it at homegadgetgeeks.com. Is that your preferred one? I just switched to one password. And the thing I loved about it is I imported all my stuff from LastPass. And then there are certain <laughs> ones that are like, hey, you should change this one. So they kind of flagging things that came over. They're like, this one's okay. This one you should change. So. Yeah, and that one's an okay. That's okay. Bitwarden's okay. So the one that that the best one is the one that works for you with password uh, managers. Yeah. So uh, check it out. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. On the school of podcasting, it's one of those things again where I have like four ideas and I haven't. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about burnout and the fact that one of the reasons why people don't start a podcast is because they think that it's too crowded. And in the past like month, there have been like five or six major YouTubers with like gazillions, if not millions of listeners and viewers and subscribers, and they've all quit. And we're going to talk about why did they quit, which kind of ties into my short about, are you sure you want to do this for a living? Because they did it for a living and they're like, this isn't as fun anymore. So we're going to talk about that and how to avoid that, and uh, also possibly I'll throw in a, a, a hint of how to handle a troll, because trolls are fun. They're they're entertaining. So uh, we are not here next week, because I will be at PodFest. So no show next week, but we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. Like, subscribe, and smash the bell if you're watching on YouTube. And this is fun, because I can't find the finish button. <laughs> There it is. Bye, everyone. See ya. See ya. And let's go back to doing the show. In theory, the music is done. Done. There we go. No, it's going to keep going. All right. Well, let's just do this. So well done. I'm just going to cut it off. Ask the Podcast Coach for January 20th, 2024. Oh, it's going to play them both. Wait, hold on. That's a train wreck. How do I do you want to bring me back in? I do want to bring you back in. Is this not a... <laughs> It's like runaway music. It is. I'm like, stop. (laughs) Stop it. Make it stop, mommy. Make it stop. All right. There we go. And it goes, uh, welcome to YouTube where Dave doesn't edit. Beautiful. But it does go something like this. You suck. 
This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com.